mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today for National Hospital Week, Blanchard Valley Health System CEO Myron Lewis talks about how the healthcare industry is finding a new normal in the post-pandemic era. Also this morning, cybersecurity is a constant and ever-evolving threat. Tech giant Cisco is out with their latest readiness index, highlighting the biggest threats and emerging trends. Counting down to Mother's Day, we have some out-of-the-box gift ideas the mom is sure to love. And if you're looking for a relaxing summer vacation that's away from the resort crowds, you're invited to try the scenic small towns of North Carolina. We'll take you there. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. So among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, uh, this is uh, just uh, crazy. It's This is getting outrageous uh, to me, I, it just seems like. Uh, I don't know how you feel about this. You know, during the pandemic, um, it there, there seemed to be this rise in the number of people who had to work through the pandemic, the essential workers who... Uh, had to had to work and had to face the dangers of COVID uh, to keep the world operating, right? And uh, so there was this consensus that these people deserved a little something extra uh, for going the extra mile to keep society operating, <laughs> to keep us from a total societal collapse, uh, these essential workers. And so uh, tipping became much more widespread. Now, tipping obviously has always been a thing for certain workers, um, servers at restaurants and, you know, certain professional services. You tip your hairdresser and, you know, things like that. But uh, it's really gotten out of hand. A recent report from the Wall Street Journal notes the rise of digital self-checkout kiosks hitting customers with a tip prompt at the end of their transactions. Yes, that's right. Self-checkout kiosks now prompting people to tip. (laughs) Which is, of course, frustrating, understandably, for people uh, to be asked to tip workers with whom they've had zero interaction. (laughs) If you're you're doing self-checkout, you should be tipping yourself. Does that mean... That if I'm if I'm doing the self checkout thing and the screen hits me with a prompt to tip, am I tipping myself? Is this what I'm the amount I'm taking off my bill uh, for self self checkout? According to uh, this report, again, this is the Wall Street Journal. Um, the majority of consumers find the tip cues during self checkout to be confusing, with people wondering where the money is actually going. Um, and believe it or not, some people are willing to tack on an extra fee, impose an extra fee on themselves, uh, tipping somebody that they have had absolutely zero interaction with. Uh, goes on to say tipping has been an increasingly controversial point of debate in this country with many Americans experiencing tipping fatigue as they get asked to tip at more places in the face of inflationary pressures to boot so it's costing us more to buy the things that we're buying and then we're being asked to tip besides even some cases self-checkout it's just gotten out of hand i think 
Anyway, I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Some of the uh, other most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. This, I think, will cause a conundrum for environmentalists. At least that was the first impression that I got from this report. It is a, a biotech company out of France that wants to clear the air naturally. Uh, and they and they have genetically altered a plant to clear the air in your home. And this is, I think, where the conundrum will come in. Neoplants, it's a French biotech company that has introduced a genetically engineered plant uh, touting its ability to metabolize indoor air pollutants often missed by traditional air purifiers. Uh, This is a report in the MIT Technology Review. The pollutants, known as volatile organic compounds, are often emitted by sources like paint, gas stoves, and building materials. Neoplants claims that its innovative variant uh, that they call Neo-P1, in addition to being a hearty and aesthetically appealing houseplant, provides a significant improvement in indoor air quality. It will uh, clear out those volatile organic compounds that traditional air purifiers miss. I'm thinking this uh, is, on the one hand, a natural way of clearing the air, literally, which is good, or like environmentalists will love that, but uh, environmentalists generally uh, are opposed to genetically modified organisms. (laughs) And here this has been a genetically modified houseplant to do it. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? I mean, with respect to that. Want to clear the air, have healthier air, and do it naturally? But how naturally is it if the uh, if the air if the plant has been genetically modified to do so? It's man, that's tough. Uh speaking of uh, French startups, this is kind of interesting. A startup in France named Zefalto has partnered with the French Space Agency in a plan to begin offering elegant, high-altitude, stratospheric balloon flights. Now, you remember about a year or two ago when space tourism was all anybody was talking about with the launch of the first SpaceX and Virgin Galactic flights and you know space tourists going out into... Uh, not outer space, but into the outer reaches of the uh, Earth's atmosphere and experiencing weightlessness for a time and then uh, all of that. So people are talking about uh, space travel, space tourism. And uh, this is a bit of a a different twist on that. Uh, Lofted by a huge balloon filled with hydrogen or helium, the pressurized capsule will ascend high into Earth's atmosphere as high as 15 and a half miles to offer passengers a unique view of the world below. Flights are scheduled to begin by 2025. The company's website already taking reservations. The deposit on these flights is $11,000. I don't know what the full bill would be, but the deposit is eleven grand, which is pricey, but a little more affordable than like a SpaceX tourism Uh, flight 
which I think runs into the six or seven figures. So this is much more affordable. But it's a hot air balloon. It is basically, it's, would, you, would you go 15 and a half miles into the air in a hot air balloon? I mean, I look at some of these balloons like during Flag City Balloon Fest and all of that, and I, admittedly, I have something of a fear of heights. I'm not, it doesn't completely de- debilitate me. I don't have that paralytic fear of heights, but I have a healthy fear of heights. And I look at the balloons, you know, at Balloon Fest and think, man, those guys are nuts. I can't even imagine riding a hot air balloon 15 and a half miles into the sky, uh, basically into outer space. Uh, The balloon, it says, will hold six passengers and two pilots, uh, will lift off from the uh, French spaceport, the company hopes to expand its access worldwide, and um, uh, they hope to eventually launch all over the globe. But no, I think uh, I think I'll pass. <laughs> I th- I think I'll pass. Uh, that's just a little. <laughs> that's a bridge too far uh, for me. I don't know, but maybe you would be interested in that. So. Uh, let's see what else is going on. Some of the more, uh, other more interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories of the day. Um, this is kind of interesting. The U S Navy is commissioning a new battleship, uh, combat ship named after the community in upstate New York, where the baseball hall of fame is located. It is the USS Cooperstown. And it is in honor of the 70 former Major League Baseball players who served in the military during wartime. Uh, They would include Joe DiMaggio, um, Joe Torre, former Yankees manager, Johnny Bench. And the list goes on and on. It's a lot of uh, former Major League Baseball players who took uh, time out of their careers, suspended their careers to serve in the military at one time or another. And uh, so they are honoring those professional athletes with the USS Cooperstown. That's kind of cool. Um, the players were honored collectively this past weekend in New York City during the commissioning of the USS Cooperstown. The motto of the ship, America's Away Team. I like that. That's kind of cool. Uh, let's see. You know, we had the uh, story the other day in the news about a rise in the number of car thefts here locally, and the um, National Insurance Crime Bureau is out with the latest data. California actually leads the nation with the most reported stolen vehicles last year, with a total of more than 202,000 stolen vehicles, 202,000 uh, that is almost double the amount in the state of Texas, which is second on the list. So a distant second. California followed by Texas. Um, several cities saw big increases during the pandemic in the number of cars that were being stolen. Really? There was nowhere to drive. Everything was, everything was closed. Maybe that's why uh, thieves were more brazen, because I guess with no place to go, no reason to leave the house... People, I guess, wouldn't miss their cars. Is that the idea? They wouldn't be 
uh, as uh, quickly discovered. Their cars. Anyway, uh, thieves most often uh, were going after Chevy and Ford pickup trucks. Uh, those were tops on the list, followed by Honda Civics and Honda Accords. Those are the uh, most stolen vehicles, according to the National Insurance Crime Bureau. So, interesting there. Lock your cars. And finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, something to think about, some good news and bad news uh, out of the uh, uh, pandemic. When it comes to physical activity after COVID, according to a new study out of the UK, the University of Bristol in the UK, this new study published in the journal International Journal of Behavioral Nutrition and Physical Activity, Kids are actually more sedentary now than they were during the pandemic. Can you believe that? In fact, they say kids are spending some 13 minutes more per week sitting on the couch or laying in bed than they were in the days of social distancing. By last summer, just 41% were getting the recommended amount of moderate to vigorous activity which is an hour a day. And only 41% were able to get an hour of moderate to vigorous activity daily. That, um, that is up from the 37% during the pandemic, but it is still not enough, especially considering they are spending more time per week not doing anything at all. So when they are doing activity, they're getting more vigorous activity in, but overall, less activity now than even during the pandemic. Overall, nearly 6 in 10 kids were deemed not active enough uh, after they got to ditch their masks, according to the researchers. The University of Bristol Professor of Physical Activity and Public Health, Russ Jago, said it is encouraging the kids are at nearly their pre-pandemic activity levels, but children's increased sedentary time during the week has persisted, which is an area of concern for policymakers, schools, and parents. So, get your kids off the couch. Apparently, they are actually getting less activity now than they did then. That's crazy. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Cloudy early, but eventually becoming mostly sunny today. A high in the mid-60s. Mostly clear tonight, a low in the mid-40s. Family Resource Center held an open house to show off its newly renovated headquarters on Carlin Street in Findlay. We spoke with President and CEO John Bindis at the open house. We're just excited that we're offering all of our services for kids and adults for the whole family in one location. So the families will be able to come to one location and uh, get multiple services for multiple members of the family. And he says the renovated facility now includes an on-site pharmacy and meeting spaces for community support groups to gather. Get more of our conversation with John and see video from the open house and ribbon cutting with this story on our website. The Ohio State Highway Patrol will be offering a lateral cadet class in the fall. We spoke with Lieutenant Scott Wickhouse of the Finley Post about it. Officers from other departments that have at least two years of service when they apply. So they'll be able to apply, and then that academy class is going to start in the fall. And it'll only be 12 weeks because they have two years' experience. Applications are being accepted this month, and the class will begin training in the fall. Get more on the website. 
A plane crash in northwest Ohio sent a man to the hospital over the weekend. Richard Hines was flying a Piper PA-28-140 Cherokee in Sandusky County Saturday when the plane experienced engine problems. The plane crashed in a field where the left wing had detached as he tried to return to the Sandusky County Regional Airport. The 69-year-old man from Port Clinton was admitted to a hospital in Toledo with an unknown injury but was last listed in stable condition. Eric Brown, ONN News. This is National Health Care Week, and Blanchard Valley Health System is partnering with the American Hospital Association to celebrate the recognition of the health care workforce and encourage community members to do the same. Dr. Bill Coase says day in and day out, the dedicated and selfless health care providers who work at BVHS, like their peers nationwide, devote their energy to caring for their communities sick and injured. And he says BVHS is working to get younger generations excited about healthcare professions to ensure caregivers are readily available for future generations. Get more news online at WFIN.com. So now to our cover story this morning. As we mentioned, this is National Hospital Week, and uh, Blanchard Valley Health System CEO Myron Lewis is with us in the studio this morning. Mr. Lewis, thanks very much for dropping by. We certainly appreciate it. I know you look at this as, as more than just Hospital Week, but uh, Healthcare Week, which I think speaks to uh, the the way this is uh, viewed, especially within the industry, as uh, certainly a more holistic thing, more than just hospitals. You know, well stated, you know, a long time ago it was a hospital, but today so much of our care happens in the home, Mm -hmm. in another facility. You know, when people come to the hospital, they're usually choosing maybe an elective procedure. Maybe they're having a baby, something really exciting or a new elective knee replacement. But other times it's for or, crisis. Or, yeah, I was going to say, or as, as a last resort sort of thing. Yeah, almost. unplanned. Yeah. You know, it could be an auto accident or a heart attack or a stroke. Yeah. Um, so what is the significance of National Hospital Week or Healthcare Week, as, as you put it? I mean, as an executive, uh, as somebody who runs a hospital, who runs a healthcare system, how do you look at uh, an, an ob- observance like that? Yeah, I think that's... You know, how I kind of think about it is, you know, what's the relevance of a hospital or, or a healthcare system? And that makes me think of what's the relevance of a community. When you think of a strong, vibrant community, they have good schools, they have str- strong businesses, mm-hmm. they have a community that's engaged, but they all also have a strong health system. And that strong health system helps make sure that there's a strong community and it, it binds everyone together. And so I, I think that a, a healthcare system plays an important role in the community and making it a strong community. Is that something that sometimes goes uh, overlooked or, or sometimes taken for granted? Yeah, I would say more um, probably overlooked, like you said. You know, it's like, well, you don't need something until you need it. Right. And and that if it's gone, then you wonder where it is. But mm-hmm. when it's there and you don't need it, you don't think about it until you need it. And so healthcare plays an important role at because, the right time. Because as you say, I mean, this is one of the uh, key aspects of a community. And we talk some, uh, you know, about uh, like economic development and growth of a community and so on and so forth. They talk about all of the components, the things that, that make up a, a, a community that is growing, certainly like uh, Findlay and Hancock County is – it, it's not very often that we think uh, healthcare is like the the first thing that comes to mind, but yeah. it's certainly a part of a, a very important component. Of that. I would say, you know, we have thirty two hundred associates, 
And so 3,200 people come to work every day for us or around the greater area. And, you know, they come to make a difference every day. And that's also an economic engine for the community as well as we serve the community. That in and of itself, speaking of the associates, the people that make up Blanchard Valley Health System, how do you make uh, recognition of National Hospital Week, National Healthcare Week, how do you make that tangible for those individuals? You know, I, I think when you think of what our associates, they're the core, they're the people that are providing the care each and every day at all hours at all locations, whether it be the hospital or in the home or in a lab. And together, it's like, how do you know? You know, just, just a couple weeks ago, we finished our associate engagement uh, survey. So we try to get their feedback and it was just really pleasure to, we want their voice. We want them to bring their voice ahead and make sure that they're helping us strengthen the organization. So we seek their ideas to help us strong, be stronger. And uh, our associate engagement is the highest it's ever been today. And so that tells you a lot about the people that they're happy and when people are happy and it's been a challenging time. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, certainly, as we all know, you're coming out of what has maybe been the uh, biggest, the most challenging time of our lifetimes with respect to health care. We talk about finding a new normal post-pandemic. How did, when you look back at what we've collectively been through in the COVID pandemic, what are the lessons learned and what does that new normal look like? Yeah, I think we're still trying to find that new normal. But what we're trying to focus on is just strengthening our base, getting back to our core with a pandemic, hopefully in the back, uh, you know, the rearview mirror, hopefully mm-hmm. as we drive forward. Certainly we learned a lot, but we just want to continue to focus on what we do best. And, you know, even this year we are accredited or recognized by CMS or Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Service as a five-star quality. That's the highest quality rating they offer. And so we're coming out strong out of the pandemic with good quality, good care. Our associates' engagement is is, is improving um, through a very difficult time. We're actually growing where others are still shrinking in their social engagement. So very excited about that. But really staying focused on the core. You know, what I really like, we, we have a slogan, we're here for you. And Blanchard Valley Health System is an accredited uh, stroke center, an accredited chest pain center and a level three trauma center. So we really are here for our community community and prepared for them. And we're, we're going to bat each and every day. You mentioned lessons learned uh, through the uh, pandemic, and it's, it's certainly uh, true that I think we all learn about ourselves, about our companies, about the you know, places we work for, and when you go through hard times. And like we said, this has been a, a very difficult time o- over the past couple of years. What were the biggest lessons learned? What were the biggest takeaways? I think the most important takeaway um, that will also continue into the future is together we can do more. Together we can do more with the community. Together we can do more with the businesses. Together with their staff we can do more. And so aligning um, across the community and making sure we're meeting the community needs and getting support from the community, I think that's the way you continue to make a difference and, and grow. You know, it's easy to kind of get caught in your your daily routine mm-hmm. and a, until something comes along and upends that yeah and the yeah. covid did that really well yeah <laughs> and and so but we don't want to let that go because through covid we learned and we partnered more as a community than ever before and we know if we keep that going we will continue to be strong and even stronger 
One of the industry's biggest challenges through the COVID pandemic were the stress levels, managing the stress levels of doctors, of nurses, those frontline individuals. Um, and, and certainly no entity was immune from those uh, stress levels. How do you handle the after effects of that moving forward? That is a journey. That's called grief and pain and discomfort. And we had a celebration just a handful of months ago. It's called the Ring of Remembrance. And it's some artwork that's out in front of the hospital. And we had a, a recognition celebration um, for our, our associates, for our, our providers, um, for our family members and community members to recognize that COVID-19 was real. We lost 225 lives at Blanchard Valley Health. The Ring of Remembrance was a chance to pause and to reflect because sometimes you can't move forward if you don't just take a break mm -hmm. and reflect and own what has happened. And so that really serves as a centerpiece for us to move forward and not to get stuck. So that set that in motion. And it also uh, emphasized the need for making sure that there are enough people to handle healthcare needs because burnout uh, became a big buzzword in the industry oh, people very difficult you know, having time. you know having so much on their plate it really emphasizes the need moving forward for uh, people to pursue this profession to get into the into the profession so that you have enough doctors and nurses and so on to handle and what an amazing profession, the mission itself and uh, what we do each, each and every day, we truly make a difference. And so getting people to choose healthcare, there's so many careers. We have 405 job openings at Munchard Valley Health System today, as I sit here and talking with you. We'd like to fill all those positions with the community members, and, and, but a lot of them take a lot of education and training. So we're really partnering with the local schools and colleges to try to really get people to learn about different careers because there's so many, just not doctors and nurses. There's a lot of other careers. That's, that's what I was going to say. How do you uh, encourage uh, people to enter the profession? And again, this involves partnerships, not just with learning institutions. Again, this circles back to economic development and you know, all of these things, all kind of all pieces of the same puzzle. Yeah, and it's a lot of different things come together at the same time, whether it be working with the local high schools or with the colleges or with the businesses or open events and fairs or talking to people about careers. It's really trying to really bring things more forward. You know, in, in the in the day, it's like if somebody would apply for a job, then we'd vet through them. Today, we're kind of going out there and say, hey, have you ever thought about being a radiation therapist? What is that? How about a phlebotomist? What is a phlebotomist? Mm -hmm. It's starting to teach people about different careers and, and also provide them avenues and training to get those careers in many ways for free or reduced rates so people can get an education and follow a career path. And the great thing about healthcare is once you kind of get in and understand it, anywhere you start, you can grow and take on different careers over your career. So with all of that said, and again, circling back to National Hospital Week, National Healthcare Week, and by the way, also uh, Nurses Week, so Absolutely. big salute to, uh, to the nurses, where do you, how is Blanchard Valley Health System poised moving forward, again, into this post-pandemic era? What are your thoughts on where you are now, where you're- uh, Yeah, this is really important going. to us. Um, we're going to continue to strengthen our base, focus on what we do best, 
patient care, kind of pick up all the the stones we've left behind over the last couple of years and start working on them again and really carving our future out. We're going to invest in our future. We're going to invest in our people. We're going to invest in our technology. We're not going to let these tough times hold us back. You know, it's a time to be bold and to lead. And right now is the time to do that. It's also a time that some are kind of pulling in and saying, what do we do? We're driving forward and we're going to do that with partnering with our community. Uh, again, uh, Blanchard Valley Health System CEO Myron Lewis with us this morning talking about how the healthcare industry is uh, finding a new normal in the post-pandemic era. Mr. Lewis, thanks very much for uh, dropping by, sharing your perspective. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you know, it seems like every day there's another data breach or phishing scam or some other cyber threat that comes to light. So this is always a topic worth discussing. We're talking cybersecurity and tips and tricks to outsmart the criminals and stay safe online with Dave Lewis, Global Advisory Chief Information Security Officer at Cisco Security. Dave, what are some of the latest trends that you see in cybercrime in 2023? Well, uh, some of the trends that we're seeing from our TELUS intelligence group here at Cisco for the first quarter have been that attackers have been going after healthcare organizations and hospitals um, rather predominantly as well. We're continuing to see ransomware and phishing attacks as being uh, consistent as well. Now, I understand uh, we were talking about this at a story just a couple of days ago uh, that just like everyone else, cyber criminals are learning how to use AI to make their scams more believable and harder to detect. Oh, that's true. Uh, The thing that we have to keep in mind, though, is we don't want to get ahead of our skis because um, we will get to the point that it's going to be a bigger problem. But currently, it's just um, it's very much in its infancy. Yeah. So attackers are using things like chat GPT, which is machine learning as opposed to AI. And, you know, they can use that to create emails and all the rest of it. But uh, quite honestly, we're not quite at that point where that's going to be a particular threat vector. That could change very rapidly depending on introduction of new technologies. But currently, I, I would the, coach a little bit of caution that we're not quite there yet. The, which is good news, but I guess I bring it up to uh, the, ask the question, is it ever really possible to outsmart the criminals, as we were alluding to earlier? I mean, just uh, like everyone else, they continue to uh, broaden their scope and, and learn new tricks and tools themselves. Yeah, we have to be constantly vigilant as an individual or as a business because the attackers are always going to be looking for new and exciting ways to give you heartburn. So if you are able to get ahead of them by arming yourself with information and good technology to help counter their attacks, we'll get to a much better place in the long run for sure. So to that end, what are some of the common cybersecurity threats that individuals and businesses should be aware of and ready to counter? Uh, a counterattack, if you will. Well, one of the key pieces of the puzzle is understanding phishing attacks. Now, these are emails that are crafted specifically as a lure to get people to click on links embedded within them. Uh, in the past, these were very easy to spot. They were poorly written. They usually had images that were disjointed. Nowadays, they are so well done, the attackers really have up their game in that it'll look like it's from your bank or it's from a retailer that you do business with, and you are you know, compelled sometimes to click the link because they'll say, oh, click on this link within the next three hours in order to get $200 off your next purchase. When it's too good to be true, that's when you have to take a moment to pause and say, wait a second, is this in fact legitimate? 
and looking at things like, you know, is it coming from an email address that belongs to that retailer as an example, or does it say, you know, totally legitimate at hotmail.com as an example? We have to make sure that we are exercising caution when we're working online and looking at emails because these phishing attacks can lead to ransomware, can lead to remote compromise or theft of personal information and usernames and passwords. Now, that's uh, an example of some familiar advice that we've been told for uh, as long as we can remember. Don't click on links in emails, especially if you're not 100% sure of where they came from. Are there other things that we can do beyond that to protect ourselves uh, and mitigate some of these cybersecurity risks? Oh, absolutely. Being aware of your personal information, what I mean by that is keeping a keen eye on your uh, credit card and bank statements to look for anomalous behavior. Because, for example, if an attacker breaks into a site and steals credit card information, they will test those cards to see if they're legitimate or if they're still active. So they'll put through a $1 or $2 transaction from some uh, vendor you've never heard of to see if they are, in fact, working. And later on, they'll either sell the cards or use them to steal money from your account. So what you want to do is look for that information. Credit card companies are usually very good about finding these ahead of uh, when you see them, but never take that for granted because you have to advocate for yourself and your own personal data. The next piece of the puzzle here we want to look at is making sure you're patching your systems to current, the laptops, desktops, and even mobile devices because the vast majority of us do a lot of our shopping and, well, our life on mobile devices now. Mm-hmm. And the third piece of the puzzle is moving away from static usernames and passwords and using multi-factor authentication. Uh, to put it in context, when you lock your door and go to work in the morning, that is your password, essentially. But if somebody finds your key or your password and is able to go back and know it's your house, they can gain access and the house doesn't know any better. Multi-factor authentication on the flip side says, wait a minute, you're not supposed to be coming through here. I'm not going to let you in. So you have increased the likelihood that you are going to uh, be better protected, reduce the risk, and increase the potential for the attacker to have a bad day. Now, you recently unveiled something you called the Cisco Cybersecurity Readiness Index. Tell us more about this. Well, this is a fantastic study where we talk to cybersecurity professionals from around the world to get their perspectives on how they see the maturity of their own security practice in their organization. The really telling piece here was that 15% of those polled saw themselves as being in a mature state. What I mean by that is that if there's a cyber incident or a cybersecurity attack, that they feel that they would be able to weather it and come back to the other side in good shape. Um, and this is really remarkable. Most of the companies fall in the middle of the pack there where they're working very hard to get up to snuff and they're working very quickly to get there, um, but they need help. Um, and out of all the organizations polled, 82% of them uh, felt that they would probably have a cyber incident they had to deal with in the next 12 to 24 months. So the, uh, the stakes are definitely high. Interesting uh, that that anticipation it seems as though from that data, uh, a lot of individuals, organizations are cognizant of the risk and aware that they are likely to be victimized. But is there some sort of, um, I don't know, are they overthinking maybe how easy it would be to recover from an attack? Uh, overthinking it? Or, or um, you alluded to the, the fact that there was a, a significant number, a substantial number of, of those who, who felt that they uh, were ready to recover. Is is that Are they really as ready as they think they are, I guess? 
Uh, I, I would like to err on the side of positivity and hope that that is in fact the case <laughs> because this was a self-assessment. This was their perspective. Yeah. And from what we're seeing, you know, the, while the attacks may be increasing, also the number of companies that are digitally savvy has increased uh, over time as Fair well. Enough. So yeah. attacks that we saw 20 years ago were commiserate with the number of uh, organizations that were exposed. Um, I, I honestly believe that we are definitely getting to a better place from a security perspective, but organizations need to be diligent. Individuals need to be vigilant with their own information because I believe that if we take our eye off the ball, even for a moment, that the attackers will gain the upper hand. Well, and that was uh, actually what I was going to ask, you know, how do you envision people putting this information to use? And I guess uh, just kind of driving the point home once again, that we can never sit on our laurels. Yeah, that's, that's quite literally it. If we take a, a step back and say, oh, everything's fine, I have this particular uh, program in place, we have to remember that the attackers will constantly change how they're approaching your organization. Yeah. So when you have controls in place to mitigate attacks, they will try something different because they have the time and the motivation to do so. And you have, you know, limited budgets, you have limited um, a number of staff, you are going to need a trusted partner to help augment and help better protect your organization. Because if an individual, in, sorry, if an individual gets compromised, that's one thing. If a company gets taken down, that could potentially impact the livelihood of hundreds, if not thousands of right. employees. Yeah. Uh, all good points. Got to stay ahead of this moving target. Again, Dave Lewis is Global Advisory Chief Information Security Officer at Cisco Security. Real quickly, uh, where do we get more information on the uh, Cisco Cybersecurity Readiness Index? Uh, sure, yeah. Check us out at cisco.com slash go slash readiness index. Uh, the report's there, lots of useful links, and uh, we are there to be your trusted partner. Dave, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Cheers. So we are counting down to Mother's Day, and joining us this morning is lifestyle expert Bethany Braun Silva with her hand-picked gifts for all of the important female figures in our lives, stuff that mom is sure to love. Bethany, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. I read something, and I thought this was uh, just amazing, uh, that uh, consumers are expected to shell out more than $270 on average for their Mother's Day gifts. What do you have to start us off? Well, first things first, I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful women out there. And one of my favorite gift ideas is for the moms who love to travel or all the empty nesters looking for a new hobby or even the retirees trying to keep their brains active. With the Rosetta Stone app, mom will learn phrases that she can use in real life conversations and lessons are only about 10 minutes long so she could fit them in and around her busy schedule. And now through Mother's Day, you can save $120 on a lifetime unlimited subscription, which gives moms every where access to 25 languages for life. And actually, I've studied Spanish using Rosetta Stone, so I can tell you that it absolutely works. And you can find out more over at rosettastone.com. That is awesome. You mentioned uh, that uh, mom can uh, do this in kind of easily digestible nuggets because mom is so busy. As we know, mom's uh, everything from running the kids to all of their appointments to making sure that uh, the 
uh, laundry is done and the meals are on the table and all of that, you actually have something that encourages mom to slow down and luxuriate, as you say. Yes, absolutely. You know, I'm a mom of two boys and I got to take my me time where I can find it. And sometimes <laughs> the morning shower is a great way to help improve blood circulation, to decrease stress and wash away toxins. And I love Olay Body with Hyaluronic Acid. This body wash and body lotion help me help my skin feel healthy and moisturized. And I also love the scent. And this is such a luxurious way to start my day. Both are made with the prestige skincare ingredient, Hyaluronic Acid, known to attract and retain moisture like a magnet. It can actually hold up to 1,000 times its weight in moisture. And of course, it's so important to give back. So to provide maternal support for mothers both inside and out, Ole Body and Walmart joined forces to donate $100,000 to Every Mother Counts, a nonprofit dedicated to making pregnancy and childbirth safe, equitable, and respectful for every mother everywhere. You can find those Ole Body products over at Walmart.com. That is awesome. Speaking of uh, along the same lines, you mentioned skincare, and there is nothing like uh, being that household manager and all of the stress and uh, everything that goes along with it uh, to uh, prematurely age you, you have uh, a gift idea to help mom look and feel her best. I do. I mean, of course, we know there's no way to stop the clock, but there are ways to help reduce the visible signs of aging. And, you know, what mother wouldn't want that gift, right? So when it comes to anti-aging skincare, I recently discovered a new brand developed by physician scientists studying regenerative medicine. Their revolutionary discovery harnesses the power of platelet-derived extract in a medical-grade skincare called Plated Skin Science. Plated contains powerful antioxidant enzymes and proprietary ingredients derived from growth factors that help renew the skin's appearance and protect from the environmental stressors that cause the visible signs of aging. Plated is a luxurious daily serum that improves skin tone and texture for a more youthful appearance and overall healthier looking skin. You can learn more about the power of platelet-derived extracts at platedskinscience.com. I think, you know, I'm thinking that would be great to put all of that stuff in like a spa day basket for mom just so she can you know treat herself um and of course it wouldn't be mother's day if we didn't talk about something sweet for mom and uh the old go-to of chocolate is still a great gift Absolutely. Mother's Day is the perfect time for moms and all the women in your life to indulge. The premium lint Lindor truffles and mini pralines make a perfect gift. And they're available in classic milk chocolate and assorted flavors. Lint Lindor truffles feature a distinctively smooth melting filling and delicate chocolate shell. And the lint mini pralines are crafted from an assortment of luxurious dark and milk chocolates filled with delicious hazelnut praline, caramel, raspberry, and nougat. And they come in a beautiful gift box. And you can find these gifts at retailers nationwide and online at lintusa.com. So some great gift ideas for your mom for Mother's Day. Uh, Again, whether it's these gifts or anything else, just nothing with a cord, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Bethany Braun Silva is with us uh, this morning uh, with some great ideas for Mother's Day. Where do we get more? You can check out all these gifts over at my website, bethanybraun.com. Bethany, thanks very much for taking the time, and happy Mother's Day. Thank you so much. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. 
So uh, this story out of France where a rugby game was uh, interrupted when a bull escaped from the pre-match parade and ran out onto the field. (laughs) Now, rugby players, I mean, they're not afraid of anything or nearly anything. (laughs) And they're tough. They're tough guys. But uh, (laughs) even... (laughs) These rugby rugby players wanted no part of the bull. Uh, apparently, the whole thing caught on camera with the bull dragging its handler across the field. Players were recorded running for their lives, jumping over the uh, signboards and the uh, edges of the field to avoid being gored by the bull. Eventually, the animal was eventually uh, wrangled, and uh, the uh, play was able to resume. The Dragons won the match against St. Helens They're in uh, Perpignan, France. <laughs> that, that was. Now we know the only thing that rugby rugby players are afraid of. They're <laughs> in court by a bull. Now that'd do it, I guess. Uh, let's see. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news. You've heard the phrase driving up the wall, driving somebody up the wall. Apparently, uh, one woman took this rather literally. Tasha Marie Bradley, age 33, is in a hot water after driving her pickup truck straight into the family dollar store uh, during an argument with her boyfriend. This, this happened uh, in Nashville, uh, according to uh, news reports. Ms. Bradley uh, is now facing some serious charges, including aggravated assault and felony vandalism. But uh, wait, there's actually more. Not only did she crash her way into the store, crashing, <laughs> crashing her truck through the wall and into the family dollar store, she then rode around in her truck in an attempt to locate her boyfriend inside the store. Uh, thankfully, no injuries were reported during this very bizarre incident. Wow. thats I mean, it's one thing to drive through the wall of the store, but then to drive around in the store looking for your boyfriend. Wonder what the argument was about. <laughs> uh, something seriously wrong going on there. Uh, Dateline Lincoln, Nebraska. A... A um, a pest control technician was caught on camera relieving himself all over a family's apartment. According to local news reports, tenants were not home when the incident uh, occurred, but they soon discovered the mess. Upon their return, 67-year-old Roger Young, the owner of Young's Pest Control, was reportedly con- uh, contacted to spray pesticides in the home, <laughs> but he sprayed more than that. Uh, he was uh, caught on the home surveillance camera, relieving himself all over the family's couch, carpet, and other belongings. That's not the pesticide. That's not what they asked for. Uh, to make matters worse, video allegedly showed Mr. Young tormenting the tenant's cat as well. Uh, when confronted about the incident, Mr. Young admitted to the wrongdoing, explaining that he was having a bad day. <laughs> well, not as bad 
as uh, his customers were having. Police have charged him with criminal mischief and disorderly conduct, uh, and uh, he will reportedly have to reimburse the tenants for over $4,000 in damages. Wow. That's crazy. Now, this is uh, weird. This is uh, Antioch High School, and I don't know. It's in Tennessee. Antioch High School in Tennessee. A student who pepper sprayed a teacher is now facing discipline, not only from the school, but also uh, from the uh, police. Student accused of pepper spraying the teacher after he took her phone away for allegedly using it to cheat on a test. So, I don't think that's too unreasonable on the part of the teacher. Use your phone to uh, cheat on the test. Here's the crazy part. In cell phone video of the incident, uh, racked up millions of views on social media. Here's the crazy part of the story. This is the second time this particular teacher has been assaulted by a student. Just a couple of months ago, the same teacher was actually punched in class after taking a different student's phone when they were caught cheating in class. Seems to be a problem. At uh, Antioch High School in Tennessee. Man. Teachers already have a tough job. That's just uh, crazy. And finally, in the broken news this morning, how would you like to have this happen to you? In Centennial, Colorado, Amber Hall purchased a new home only to discover that she and her family were not the only ones living in it. Uh, Ms. Hall later discovered after she had moved in that there were 10 snakes hiding in the walls. Yeah. She had to hire in a snake wrangler to remove the serpents. Apparently, they were living in the walls of her garage, coming in and out through a crevice in the wall. Uh, Based on their size, the snake wrangler, uh, which cost her like $1,000 to clear out the snakes, uh is that they've been probably living in the house for at least two years. The real estate company uh, that sold the house claims that they had no idea that there was a snake infestation in the home. Uh, Ms. Hall says, my kids and I are afraid to go to sleep. We're afraid to use the bathroom because we think snakes might come out of the toilets. Wow. How would you like... I'd be looking to put that one back on the market. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Did you know more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection? AM radio is the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping Americans safe in dangerous times. This is News Director Matt Demchek. AM 1330 WFIN is here to serve you, and we take seriously our commitment to our listeners. We would love to hear what you value most about AM radio. Visit wearebroadcasters.com and tell us how you depend on AM. So now we get to our daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So yesterday we were talking about uh, summer vacation season and uh, getting away from it all. We've got uh, more on that coming up here in uh, just a moment. But, uh, you know, we all love to get away from it all for a few days. But it doesn't take long before we start to miss the comforts of home. In a new survey of 2,000 U.S. adults, 51% say that they... Uh, miss 
be after being away for a few days, they start to miss their home. And the thing that they miss the most, which kind of surprised me, is the scent of their home. 51% miss the scent of their home after uh, being away for just 48 hours or so. 77% of Americans in this survey say they are comforted by the smell of their home. I never really gave a whole lot of thought to this, but apparently home has a certain scent that is covered. 60% of adults are able to describe the smell of their childhood home. It's one of those things we remember from our childhood. Some of the favorite scents uh, include florals, uh, cleaning or sanitizing supplies, citrus, baked goods, and the scent of wood in the home. I get the baked goods part. That's one of the things that I certainly remember about my childhood home and when mom would be baking in the, yeah. Ways to boost a home's smell, make it smell better, include opening the windows, cleaning regularly, and burning scented candles, they say. But uh, 77% of Americans say they're comforted by the smell of their home, and more than half of us will miss that after being gone for just a couple of days. A lot of folks looking to travel uh, during the upcoming weeks and months. And if you are starting to make your plans and thinking about what you want to do, if you're looking for a destination that offers endless adventure and relaxation, you look no further than North Carolina's charming lake and river towns. And joining us this morning with some of the uh, hidden gems and hot spots that make this region so special is Whit Tuttle, his executive director of Visit NC, and Bruce Tyler, co-founder of Weldon Mills Distillery. First of all, Whit, let me start with you. What makes this part of, I mean, North Carolina is a tourist destination for many, but this particular area, the Lake and River Towns, uh, what makes that unique and different from other North Carolina vacation destinations? Oh, yeah. So this is just a special place up in northeast North Carolina. We're here in Weldon at the Weldon Mills Distillery, and we're right on the banks of the Roanoke River. Now, that's one of the many scenic rivers and lakes in this area that make it special. And these are under-the-radar spots uh, that have great natural scenic beauty. They have outdoor attractions. They have a fascinating history and cute little charming downtown. People are looking to get away and get sort of off the beaten path, mm-hmm. and these places have all the charm and history of where you'd want to go, and they're easy to get to right off I-85 and 95. You come down here and have a great time. So, uh, Bruce, we were talking about uh, you know the local hot spots and some of the hidden gems. What are some of the activities that folks can enjoy uh, while they were uh, while they're vacationing in your area? Yeah, absolutely. When folks come on down here, they can hop on the Roanoke River grab a kayak, and enjoy the pristine waters of the Roanoke. Maybe they'll even get lucky and check out a family of river otters. They can also get out to Lake Gaston, hop on a boat, maybe get up with uh, champion wakeboarders, and they can take them for a day out on the lake. You can also fish on Lake Gaston. And then we have world-class striped bass fishing right here in our backyard on the Roanoke River. And from there, folks like to hike. They can get up to Medoc Mountain, get on those nice mountain trails, hike along Meoc Mountain, or we can head over to the Roanoke Canal Trail, hike along that trail, stop off at the museum there and learn all about the Roanoke Canal and how that helped connect the ocean to Virginia. 
From there, you can head over to Sylvan Heights Bird Park. Now, this bird park is the second largest bird park in the nation, and it's amazing. They have over 2,000 species. It's an incredible time. Or you can dial it back a little bit, a little back in time, and head over to the town of Halifax, where the Halifax Resolves were drafted nearly 250 years ago. Now, this was the precursor to the Declaration of Independence. Hmm. So you can go over there and learn all about why North Carolina is first in freedom. Uh, and of course, we would be remiss if we didn't mention uh, a uh, visit to the Weldon Mills Distillery is a, uh, a great uh, tourist attraction as well. And, and one that I guess what you uh, opened just here within the last couple, three years. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we opened here right, you know, right in the middle of uh, COVID and we've been rocking and rolling. <laughs> we've got an old moonshiner and that moonshiner is making some of the most awarded bourbon in the nation. We have tequila, we have vodka, we have gin and we're right on the banks of the Roanoke River. So you can enjoy all those products, bring your family, bring your dog. We'd love to show you our little piece of North Carolina that we call home. And uh, celebrating uh, such a rich history in that part of the country. What, what are some of the other attractions and accommodations and, and that kind of thing? Because, again, when we think of some of the uh, vacation hotspots, uh, you know, that all of that is easy. Got to dig a little bit uh, uh, more here uh, in some of these off-the-beaten-path places. Yeah, that's right. But it's worth it when you get there. So there's yeah. traditional hotels, but what... A lot of people do is they'll stay in vacation rentals, Airbnbs, and with that, you can rent a house that's right in the middle of the downtown or right on the lake or right on the river, and you really feel like you're a part of the community and you get to soak up that authentic hometown feel. Now, when it comes to food, there's some amazing places here. We're near Lake Gas in a little town called Littleton. Uh, there's a place called the Blue Jay Bistro. It is five-star dining like you wouldn't find anywhere, but with a southern twist, I recommend the ham and jam or the chicken fried oysters. But what's so fascinating about it to me is you go down two uh, places and there's Grandpa's Kitchen, uh, which has some of the finest Eastern North Carolina barbecue you're ever going to find. <laughs> you come down to Halifax, the Hen and the Hog, that's traditional Southern. I'm talking fried pimento cheese fritters and shrimp and grits. You come out of there and y'all will become part of your vocabulary. <laughs> you go down to Tarboro, Tarboro Brewing Company, and get some beer. They have a seed spitter beer that uses 1,300 pounds of watermelon in it. That's about as sweet as the South can get. But, you know, when it comes to whiskey, my friend here, Bruce, is making some of the best in the <laughs> South. So you got to try that, too, at Weldon Mills Distillery. Uh, so I want to go back, and did you actually, did I hear that right? Chicken fried oysters? Chicken fried oysters. Man, when you try one of those, you won't know which way to go. It is <laughs> quite an experience. I can't imagine that there are too many other places where you could find that particular delicacy. So uh, just, uh, again, the things that you're not going to find anywhere else. Uh, again, we are joined by uh, Whit Tuttle. He is the executive director of Visit NC. Bruce Tyler, co-founder of the Weldon Mills Distillery. Where do we get more information on all of this with, to uh, plan one of these uh, tremendous getaways? Sure. So the best place to go is visitnc.com slash dream big. Uh, or you can just do a search on what we call dream big in small town, North Carolina. It's a great time to go to that website because we're offering five sweepstakes for people to win. Uh, you get a $1,000 Airbnb stay voucher. You get a $500 Visa card for your travel. And then you get three $100 gift cards. Uh, that you can spend on food. So you could buy a whole lot of those chicken fried oysters with that $300. <laughs> 
or you can buy a fair amount. You can buy a fair amount of Bruce's uh, bourbon for that as well. Awesome. That's visitmc.com slash dream big. We will link that up on our webpage as uh, folks are starting to make their summer plans. Guys, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage. That, of course, is goodmornings.net. So check us out online. Coming up tomorrow on the program, new data from Fannie Mae shows confidence in the housing market is at the highest point that it's been in nearly a year, but have rapidly rising mortgage rates impacted the normally red-hot spring real estate market. We have advice for buyers and sellers in navigating the process. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.